0: Let's talk about some of the other tables that we have coming out here. We're at Local 16, which is in Washington, D.C., at 16th and U. We've been here. They've been gracious enough to give us some space. And some of the people who have been here in the audience, I wish I could have introduced myself during the commercial breaks, but I was furiously typing notes. So if you could just – if you're coming up, if you want to talk, uh, my question to you would be to – uh, who you are and who you liked, because I'm desperate to know what other people are thinking about this. The best thing we can do is get some more perspectives on here, especially since mine is is uh, useless as a straight white dude in this uh, in this race right now. Please, please, uh, who are you and wh- who do you who do you like tonight?
1: My name is Edith, and uh, I live in D.C. I'm an immigration attorney here, so clearly uh, an issue that's near and dear to my heart uh, is immigration. Specifically, some of the issues that the candidates I feel have attempted to speak about which are issues in detention and criminal issues in terms of border crossing. In terms of my impressions for tonight um, and last as well uh, the candidates that I remain most interested in are Kamala and also Elizabeth Warren. Um, I think that I probably echo a lot of people's sentiments when I say that my biggest concern is getting a Democrat you know, elected in 2020. And I think that, quite frankly, what I was most interested in and disappointed in tonight was some of the insights that I feel like we saw. And I'm just concerned that folks who support one candidate um, who is fighting with another candidate are never going to support that candidate. So I see Joe Biden as a clear front runner because of his... Political past, um, but I think that he's consistently failed in terms of the debates. But I get concerned about kind of pushback against him because ultimately, if he becomes a candidate, that's clearly who I'm going to support. That being said, um, I'm concerned about his history of voting. Um, I appreciate kind of Kamala's calling out of him to some extent, but um, as somebody who is on the defense side of things, extremely concerned about having a prosecutor as a president.
0: There you go. Let me just, uh, in terms of the audio quality here, are, are you guys all hearing the same echo that I'm hearing right now? Yeah. A little bit of feedback. Can we turn off that mic and just keep the other two on? Anybody? Thank you, Scott. And only Scott. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, just unplug it. Yeah. Awesome, that already sounds a little bit better to me. I don't know if that's me. Is that a placebo effect? Anyone who's an actual producer of the show, feel free to take over for Scott. Yeah, they Yeah. David Ross, everyone, giving giving the guy at a construction job uh, site uh, who is not doing anything but standing there with a shovel in his hand, looking proud. Okay, Edith. Uh, <laughs> Edith, and now mine seems really high, but I'll just assume that that's being taken care of somewhere. David, wherever you go, there are problems. You've come over here, and now there's... I'm sorry, Edith. I'm sorry that you had to see this. Uh, Normally, I don't fight with him this much, uh, but he is terrible. Uh, So let me me just... It sounds much better to me now. So I'm just going to... You talked about the infighting. And we were talking about that with Carolyn a minute ago about some of the differences between some of these candidates. And I know, talking to just about everybody, they have echoed the same concerns that you have had. This is not – you know this is not unique. My question for you is, in your professional capacity as an immigration attorney, in your personal capacity as a person who is getting up every day and going to work and dealing with your life – how are what are you doing to stay hopeful about this cuz you know that this is a a this is emotional labor by another stretch we talk about this all the time and and I, and i know that women have it harder than than men on this question but when we talk about this we know that we're going to have to essentially suffer through whatever version of this comes through that is awful to feel and yet You are facing that every day in a professional and personal capacity, and I want to know what you're doing to try to buck up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I will say that on a personal level, something that has been extremely eye-opening is the way that this system is working, and the way that the Trump system and the way that the session system um, is absolutely working to defeat people. Um, I see it every single day. I see clients that are giving up every single day. I see attorneys that give up every single day. Um, And so the hard thing is that it's actually working uh, to defeat people.
0: So you're saying, you're really saying the other direction that people are losing hope.
1: Yes. I'm saying that everything that the system is doing right now to try and defeat us in big policies and little policies, I see it working. Um, and so in terms of how do I deal with that on a day-to-day basis, how do practitioners deal with that, how do immigrants deal with that, how do individuals yeah.
0: deal
2: with that.
1: Um, I really had like an eye-opening moment recently where I realized that something has, has, has to change. November 2020. Um I started practicing just before the president's inauguration in 2016, and so I've always been practicing in a field that is under attack, and we can only hold up for so long. Um, And that, so I have, I lost hope for a very long time. Uh, I lost hope for a very long time that we would have any type of change in 2020 or 2021. And what I've realized most recently is that that is the only hope that we have because we cannot hold out uh, for eight years. People are losing their lives. People are losing their children. People are dying in detention every single day. People are dying at the border every single day. And as much hope as I can hold out, I'm a white U.S. citizen woman. Um, It's hard enough for me to hold out hope but people are dying. And my clients are dying. And can't hold out beyond 2020, and so that is what, quite frankly, re- like, I'm not into politics. I live in D.C. and I'm a lawyer. I do not like politics. I don't follow it. I don't want to. Um, yeah. I, I had to start doing it recently because people can't hold out hope for former years after 20.
0: Well, I really appreciate it. and Please, around round for Edith, because that is, thanks for the grit and, and the determination, because that, and, and also, by the way, the good work that you're doing, I, I'm sure, the uh the conversation that we try to have here and for people who have heard this before i forgive that please forgive me that it's a little bit repetitive but i try to emphasize this over and over again that we cannot allow the anger and depression that we're feeling in this moment to overwhelm us because on the other side of that is accepting the people who are not going to give up and who are going to push forward despite what we're doing every single day. That is not an acceptable option. And so whether you're like Edith, who is going to work every day and seeing some really awful shit and just trying to get through it, or whether you're like me and trying to create a space where people can have a little bit more hope, or whatever you're doing where you are, I hope it's enough. And if it's not, I hope you can reach out and maybe we can try to... Do better together because that's that's what this conversation's all about. Do we have anybody else in the uh, in 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 the crowd here that's gonna uh, give us a conversation? You want to do? Yep, please. We have what? We have one more who's uh, coming up here. Another <laughs> white. Let me. Um, uh, same question, Push guys, at a microphone. What could go wrong? Yeah, I made this joke earlier. I will make Came it. Can't hear for truth. You're gonna get it. I I I I made this joke earlier. I will make it again. What do you call a collection of white dudes? A podcast. I think it's a good joke. Um, who are you? And who'd you think did well tonight? Let's start with that.
2: Yeah, my name's Scott. I'm from DC. Uh, I'm an anti-corruption attorney. This is a tough job. Jared, you got a tough job. You got to sift through this avalanche of bullshit and try to talk to real people in a real way. The thing that I think these debates point out to me is I like it when they're under the white hot light, no pun intended, of the media glare, because people call them on some bullshit. I'm curious who you heard tonight that sounded like a real human being up on stage. Like the way that we would talk if we're drinking a beer, you know, if if the mic wasn't on perhaps. Maybe who's, who's like a real person up there?
0: Honestly, I thought the person who came off the most real was Michael Bennett. And that is not something I thought I was going to be saying when I even when you even answered the question. I thought he his admission to Cory Booker that he, Booker said it better than he did. Or I'm sorry, was it was it Castro? That Castro said it better than he did. Th- this moment those vulnerabilities. The, the acceptance... I don't think Michael Bennett thinks he's going to be president. I think he thinks he's going to change the debate in a positive way. I I also thought Andrew Yang, despite the fact that I think he's a, a kind of a one-trick pony of, of a candidate, I think his way of expressing himself is remarkably effective. You know, Biden and Harris, I thought, did well, but are polished candidates who are good at this. And I don't necessarily think that they can... Always take off that hat so that's that's who that's who I think I was genuinely surprised by Michael Bennett tonight I thought in terms of just not the way she was the entire night but one moment Kirsten Gillibrand had a really good uh, moment where she was talking about being honest about her privilege uh, I think it's important for especially white people to be to acknowledge that to say that we are we have something that's valuable and and to acknowledge that the job of fixing problems with race don't belong just to people of color. So I, I thought those were some moments that were that were powerful. But I, I think overall, the person who surprised me with his his realness was Michael Bennett tonight. And again, wasn't expecting to say that because I didn't I didn't have a lot of uh, expectation for him. I
2: think the moment, like I'm from Ohio. I think the moment that connected for a dude like Donald Trump to the average person was someone who gets on this stage and says shit like, yo, I've donated money to half the people up here because when I call, they pick up the phone and they do what I want. Right. Or like, I know how the system works. I don't have to talk like them. I'm not swimming in the same environment that they are. And that's honestly like what somebody like me is waiting for. I think we got closer tonight because they were calling each other on some bullshit. And when those real moments come out, damn, there's nothing like vulnerability to captivate the attention of the audience. But beyond that, it's going to take a lot of breaking down the talking points, the prepared concepts, the comfort zone. And when we get there, I think like the average human being out there in America will say, this person is kind of like me. And so I feel like I have a relatability. I'm going to vote for this person. I think that's how they're going to make a choice. Donald I, Trump yeah. is like proof positive of that.
0: I hope, I, I hope you're right. And Scott, thanks so much for, for coming up here. I, I got
2: dismissed. I got to go.
0: <laughs> it wasn't. I, I was just thinking I, I wanted to do a wrap up here because I know that people want to get the fuck out. Um, the yeah, it's been oh, OK. Yeah. Thanks for Scott. Let's give a round for Scott, by the way. Nobody. Nobody wants to. Cl- nobody wants to talk to, to clap for Scott. Anybody a round for Scott. Yeah, there we go. Scott, I'll edit that so it sounds like they were enthusiastic about you. Last conversation I want to have, what did David Ross? What are you? What are you doing? You sober enough to actually have this conversation tonight? What's yeah, happening? Yeah, I'm, I'm sober enough. to do this. All right. What's going on? What are we doing? Ask Ask me your traditional questions that you would ask the re- the rest of the whites. <laughs> Let's go. Who are you?
3: <laughs>
0: and who did you think did well tonight? David Ross, Four Fifths of a Man. Uh, I would. I mean, like. I mean, yo, you
3: don't like this, but I think your boy, Yang, is not that bad.
0: My boy? Yes. He's not... I don't care for him.
3: Why? Why? Piece this together. You have, you you fought me on this, and I want to know why.
0: And I think it's skin color.
3: David, good
4: on microphone. He's good.
0: Here's the problem I have with Andrew Yang. All right. There is literally no one who is going to see the problems that we face through this just one lens. I get it. You have this one issue and you are hammering it home. It is fantastic for engagement. It is fantastic for for the voting and the polls that we've seen thus far. It is really good. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why he was so close to the center of the debate stage. And I do think... It is a great principle to come out there and say the economic argument is part of what you see when it comes to race, when it comes to trade, when it comes to sex uh, divisions by sex, it is, uh, when it comes to the environment. It's a good answer. But if Andrew Yang can do it, I would say that Sanders does it better than him. And if Sanders does it better than Yang, I think Warren does it better than Sanders. I mean,
3: but you you do agree, like traditional tactics are not going to be the one, uh, are not going to be the tactics to win this against Donald Trump, correct?
0: I I actually don't don't believe that. Really? I don't believe that, and here's why. Okay. Because yeah. the Please people, go on. the the voters who are going to make this decision, I think are willing to talk about issues that are more progressive. But these are still, and you know what, and and the, and these are still people who. Get out the vote. Who do the work? Who are involved in their local and state politics? They're not interested in one-trick ponies. They want people. Andrew Yang has not been to a Democratic committee meeting for the last twenty years. I guarantee you. Why? Because he does not have the relationships that have built the work. He has not shown up. He's been doing other things in other parts of the world that are valuable.
3: Look how we got the guy we got. Trump
0: didn't show up. Yeah. That that actually builds into my argument, not yours. Okay, good point. <laughs> All I'm saying is, I think we've seen what happens when you have someone who's not a professional go in there and try to wing it. They win. and I, mean, I don't want to see that happen again.
3: Scott, tough. I mean, look. I mean, like, I'm not. I'm not saying he is the most winning argument, but I, but I, but I am like. The reason I like press you on this
0: issue, why do you want a thousand dollars? Just tell me what you would do with the thousand dollars no, no, just seriously because i don 't think you would do i don 't think you would do anything good with it i don 't think you would do anything responsible with it I and it, i actually don 't think and i actually don 't think you would do well, anything
3: really cool with it are you are you yelling cool like, against me i, I, I Exactly, exactly, exactly. The force is against you. Yeah, But, I mean, like, look, I can
0: put that... I'll take on all comments. I'll do better it. than Biden. I'll take on everybody in this room.
3: I can put that, that money towards my car.
0: <laughs> my
3: student loans. <laughs> you know what
0: I'm saying?
3: Like, I mean, like... We're going to
0: get rid of those with, <laughs> uh, we, really, with half really? the people up there. All
3: right, please, 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 please. All right, so 30 seconds, we're going to wrap this up. We're going to cue her up. You're, you're going to have to sit here because that, that mic's not working. You're going to... There's no, no plug no, he
0: no 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 David David, get out. Oh wow, okay. Oh, so wow. no, oh, wow. can uh, can you pl- please introduce yourself <laughs> no, and, I'm a and oh. who did you think did well tonight. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you again, Carolyn Fiddler, who is finally done with us all and and this collection of drunkards that is here tonight. I will never acknowledge that.
4: Uh, my name is Svetlana. I don't know what else to do.
0: And what else, uh, who did you think did well tonight?
4: Wait, no, but I want to go back to the, qu- the conversation that you were having.
0: I'm sorry, we've already moved on.
4: No, 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 no. Um, so, first question you called Andrew Yang a one issue candidate. Yeah. Right? Uh, but my question is why do you think that his issue. So I view his issue of economic inequality as a foundation to all of the other issues. So.
0: I, I, I don't disagree with you.
4: So I think it's actually kind of simplistic to call him like, oh, he just wants to solve that one thing. I think the thing that he's actually trying to address is a foundation of a lot of other issues. Now, the other thing that I wanted to address was, why do you think that his proposal of a uh, universal basic income is like, a, is a tri- like oh, well, like, I don't think that you would spend $1000. Well, like why do you I feel like that could Well, that was mostly
0: a way. criticism of David Ross, the producer of this show. That was not I'm not saying that everyone would be irresponsible. I've me. I know David well enough to know that he would be particularly irresponsible. Okay. I think I don't know you at all, but, Svetlana, and right. I think you would be better than David Ross.
4: Oh, but why do you say that?
0: Because I know how he is. <laughs>
4: But don't you think that, that that kind of characterization plays into a narrative? Of I'm mostly kidding. Versus the rest, I know, I know. I know that you are, and I and I hear that. But don't you think that 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 kind of humor and that kind of narrative plays into this broader vision of like? I think you will be good with your money. I think you won't, and this is why the universal base. In, in,
0: so, so the, re- the, the reason that I think your argument is fantastic is because that's why I want to see something like Medicare for All. That's why I want to see um, taxes and not charity fund ma- the major needs that we have. Because the best way to address these structural problems is to have a structural answer. I just don't think UBI is the answer. Okay. And so that's a, that's just a, a disagreement on a particular policy. Well, yeah. I think if we have a flatter economy, generally, UBI wouldn't be necessary. I'm not opposed to it. I'm opposed to Andrew Yang as a candidate, okay. only in the sense that I don't think he's that interesting beyond UBI. I don't think he has great answers, for example, on climate change. I don't think he's got fantastic answers on race relations. And I think you need someone who's going to animate on more than just this one issue because people... If everyone in this room cares about UBI, that's great. But I guarantee, again, White House reporter, seven years, did a lot of traveling on the campaign trails. Most people don't give a shit about this issue. And they probably should. But most people don't give a shit maybe about UBI. But most
4: people also don't give a shit about the fact that income inequality is the foundation of a lot of it's, it's at the foundation of climate
0: and you're saying you're saying that income inequality and UBI universal basic income are interchangeable i'm saying they're not
4: okay fair they're they're not but i think the question that he's by bringing UBI to the table he's bringing the issue of income inequality to the table more so than other candidates
0: my pushback to david and i'll say the same pushback to you and i want to hear your response cuz i think it'll be better than his is i think <laughs> UBI is a good response to income inequality, but I like Sanders' answer better, and I like Warren's answer even better than Sanders on income inequality. So why, so why go for the bronze medal, in in my mind? Convince me that Andrew Yang is better than Liz Warren. I, I can't. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. It's real. And that's fine. That's exactly what Michael Bennett said earlier tonight when he was like, I just can't do it. I can't, you're better than me. I have, <laughs> Svetlana, I have bested you, you may now leave. <laughs>
4: no, no, I want to say Wait, so. No, let us say let say, let's say, let's say, let's say. say. So, so, when you say you want a flatter economy, what does that mean?
0: I want to address the issue of income inequality, and I want to see our politicians take it seriously. I want to see it addressed when it comes to pure income. I want to see it addressed when it comes to political power as derived from income. I want to see it addressed when it comes to outcomes on education or health care or many of the other things that are – Tied to income, I don't want to live in a city. We live in the District of Columbia. I don't want to live in a city where your school district decides whether or not you're probably going to stay. I, as 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 a as a person who you know is a family minded guy, I know that most people after they have a kid within five years leave the district. Eighty mm-hmm. percent. That's a reality for DC. The twenty percent who remain are those who can't afford to move. Or can afford to go to private school. That's the remaining fifth that David doesn't get access to. <laughs> and that's the problem. So I want to see all those issues addressed. I just don't think... I, as a guy who... I, I, I've looked at UBI. I thought Yang made a compelling argument by citing Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and some of the other questions about UBI as a legacy issue for people who have engaged on social justice before... I don't necessarily think it's a bad idea. And I do think, I will say this, I think UBI is the only answer to some of the problems that Yang has brought up about the future of our economy. I was,
4: was going to say, like, if you uh, look at the future, yes, changing nature of jobs that at some point we're going to have to develop a certain new version of Social Security. At,
0: but, and I, I completely Sanders agree, agree with about, you. No one's talking about it except Yang, and I think that's why he's gaining traction. I... Believe very strongly and who gives a shit what I believe, but I really believe, and people are just engaging me and here I am, I believe really strongly that we do need to address the fact that in this country your identity is tied too much to your job. And I'm your worth identity. is tied too much to your job.
4: But pretty soon are you going to have the majority of the population that's going to be out of a job and it is a very... Woo! It is a phenomenon that's going to happen very, very soon, and we're not prepared to deal with that. And I
0: and I and I agree with you, but I think that so how others. Do
4: we, how do we put in structures in place for that? Not only in terms of education, but also in terms of the, 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 I guess like the support that we're going to have, like the financial support that we're going to have.
0: I don't think I don't think there is an answer. I certainly don't have an answer to that direct question, and I think. You have bested me on that note. Cool. But now you can... That's
4: all I needed. I can
0: go now. But but I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't think that question, which is 10, 20, maybe 30 or 40 years out, is as pressing as climate change. I don't think it's as pressing as... Ousting a white supremacist from the White House. I don't think it's as pressing as some of the other questions that we have. And so I think Andrew I think Andrew Yang is ahead of his time. I don't I don't dislike him because it's bad. I don't dislike him because he's wrong. I don't I don't think he's going to be the person to beat Donald Trump and I don't think he's going to be the person to make this election turn on that issue. And if that were the only issue, hey look, if UBI was the only solution to the problem that was happening in 12 years, I would care about him more than I would care about Jay Inslee or somebody else who's talking sense about climate change. But I think I think we can table it. I hope I'm I hope I'm right, and I don't know if I am, but I think we can table it.
4: Do you think Biden's going to be the first to be done?
0: I don't think so. No, I don't I don't I don't, and fundamentally, not just because he's old and white, just like Donald Trump is, I think he's not the person to beat him because he's too, there's, he appeals to the same kind of person who wants something that doesn't exist anymore. Joe Biden is talking about an America that doesn't exist, he's talking about a civil, reasonable, and America that, frankly, never actually existed for a lot of the b- black and brown people in this country who didn't get access to the, the great again. Yes, <laughs> the, the, to the great again that Donald Trump keeps talking about.
4: Do you feel like the Republican agenda is actually uh, shaping the topics of the Democratic
0: debate? I do. And Car- Carolyn and I talked about that. And I think it's awful. Because it doesn't inform the Democratic primary voter. And even worse, it misinforms everyone who's watching by thinking that the Overton window is shifted far to the right. That we are only talking about that. The idea that you would frame Medicare for all as taking something away. The idea that you would frame gun control as how are we going to respond to people who... Uh, you know, have weapons that aren't what we're talking. These are framing problems that will never address the real p- problem So we are worse off. It is it is worse than no information at all.
4: No, I, I agree. I, I felt the same when they were talking about the immigration crisis. I feel like it is framed in a very particular way that has been shaped by the Republicans, that it is about the illegals or.
0: That are coming yeah, here, like, that was a big dry, thing or, last or, night. Yeah,
4: we're not talking about we're not talking about guns, we're not talking about white nationalism. We're not talking about this, uh, like the actual domestic terrorism that is yeah. the biggest problem to our country because it feels like the most of these Democratic candidates are almost like pandering to issues that the Republicans have put on.
0: And it is it is pandering, and I think that you know, th- there was a, there was a moment last night where Sanders acknowledged I think what's true here and this is me you know I don't talk a lot about my my former employer but I think there there's a sense that these companies these media companies know which side their bread is buttered on and Sanders I think accurately pointed out that every healthcare company that would benefit that would be that would be eviscerated by his proposals is advertising on on cable news I think it is – there's another quote that comes to mind. Uh, the uh, the former head of CBS who's now been disgraced and canceled because of his uh, sexual nonsense uh, is, I don't need you to be my thesaurus, uh, is, you know, Donald Trump is bad for the country but good for CBS. You know, th- this is the kind of acknowledgment that we have to push through. If we're getting our news from television, and unfortunately these debates are televised, we're going to it, that is going to prefer a television-friendly candidate. Donald Trump is great TV, and we can't uh, we can't take that away from him. But we also can't don't have to make it the center of what we give a shit about in our politics. That's our choice. Yeah. I agree. Thanks, Svetlana.
4: Can we just shake on it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You, you, are, you are lovely. Thank you very much for uh, coming up here and dueling. I will take all comers. Who is next? You did really well. I, I barely held my own there. The kind of conversation that I, I want to have, and this is something that David and I talked about a year ago when we first started talking about the idea of doing this, was trying to be vulnerable to and trying to uh, Scott Scott brought this up when we were when he was sitting up here a minute ago which is you know if we're vulnerable with each other that that's it's it's so much harder it's easy to go up there and pretend like we know all the answers it's easier to go up there and bluster and again that's what Donald Trump is great about he's good at that i think there's a better way and i think it is admitting you don't know all the answers i think it's accepting that you don't have all the perspectives. It's one of the reasons why I I try to make sure that even though I'm a straight white dude, that the, the people that we have on this show are anything but. And I think when we acknowledge that, when we get past that, then we can start having that real conversation. Then we can break through. It is so much easier to pretend like we know. It is so much more comforting to pretend like we know and one of the things that's so difficult about this cycle is the unknowing of what happens if Donald Trump is reelected i think it's it's the it's the uh, edith mentioned this a few moments ago and it's certainly been a conversation that i've had with a lot of people which is what happens what's next if he's reelected and that not knowing and embracing that that fear embracing that apprehension embracing that anxiety you know, taking a clonopin and and just hoping for the best—that might not be enough. And that's why I think this conversation is important because I'm trying to make sure that we refill that cup, that we actually energize ourselves again. We move past anger, past upsetment, past depression past all the stuff that happens when you absorb this fire hose of negativity every single day, not just the president's tweets, but the hopelessness of some of the stuff like like Edith was talking about with with, uh, the questions of immigration. I cannot imagine what it's like to be in that office, sitting there doing that job, and knowing that most of the people are not going to get what they need because of the policies that have gotten worse under this administration. I can't. I don't know what that feels like. I know what my tiny drinking straw of agony feels like, and that's enough for me to barely be able to get up every day. But this helps me do it.